Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. My sense for a while now has been that if you left this up to Sam Kennedy and Tom Werner, the Red Sox would have done more this winter. John Henry, however, is the principal owner of this team for a reason. To me, this is all coming down on him. And we talk about reconsidering things. Heimblum's uh, tenure here obviously wasn't great, and I can understand why they let him go. However, when Craig Breslow comes in and the exact same thing happens, you have to say, maybe it's not about the guy in that chair, but the guy who sits above him. That's John Henry. I think this is all 100% on the owner of the Red Sox. And until he changes his mind about what he wants this team to look like it's just going to be more of this and I Trini, I don't know how many years this could be I'm I'm not kidding with you it's certainly going to be this year I don't know when it's going to look better it's Tamazi the other day on John Henry I mean I I've been very crystal clear on this for since the second Dombrowski got fired I'm like Henry is ruining this team the second they moved on from Dombrowski, who they brought in to do, people said Hyam Bloom did his job. And like Hyam Bloom was brought in to do his job and he did it. And how's he getting fired? I think he got scapegoated, but whatever. You can fire Hyam Bloom. I don't care. He didn't do his job. The job is to win. It's Boston. The job is to win a World Series. The job is to talk John Henry into spending. Dombrowski did that. Like that's a guy who actually came in, did what he was supposed to do. And the second Henry fired him, I'm like, I don't trust ownership anymore. And I stop blaming Hyam Bloom and everybody else. It's like we can poke fun at Sam Kennedy and poke fun at Hyam Bloom the robot. I'm sure we'll do the same thing with Breslow. Warner's funny to make fun of from time to time. The problem, and I'm happy other people are starting to get it, is Henry. That's the pro- When he decides to spend, the Red Sox will change. Until he does, they won't. Now, my hope is Theo can leverage him because Warner can't. Kennedy won't. Maybe Dombrowski could. And ironically, Dave Dombrowski talked today. We can get some of his comments coming up. But until that changes, nothing is changing with this team. And it's not just me who feels this way, Mego. What we're starting to learn is that the players in Fort Myers feel that way. And so we can get to some clips coming up, but just generically your thoughts on ownership and Henry and what Tomazi just had to say. It's what we've been baying the drum on for her. A while now, I I can't believe that I ever thought that it would be any kind of turning the page with Craig Breslow. Like, I feel so naive. And now I think you're being kind of willingly naive about Theo Epstein. Maybe. I mean, because I might... I'm starting to look at this and maybe it's just my patience is so short. But I'm like, really? 
Like, Theo's going to be here for two years, and, and he's going to get to see the ins and outs of Fenway Sports Group, and then he's either going to go be an owner, a partial owner somewhere else, or he's going to work for the MLB again and take over the commissioner's office in five years. They just spent $10 bucks. Okay. You think that's Theo? <laughs> Uh, when when I want to use it Theo's to my advantage, like, yes. Let's pay ten million dollars no, so Hendrix can rehab. No, this is what Arkan said the second it happened. I I bought the Theo stuff. I still buy the Theo stuff, and I'll stand by it. It's the one thing I've liked in the last five years they've done. But Arkan Arkan said I was being naive in real time. He's like, I, I I can't believe you're buying this. Yeah, I'm still surprised that you are. I mean, listen, I don't think that whatever Theo's going to do there is going to necessarily bear itself out on this team. Like I'll agree with you there. I don't think it's going to be some immediate fix. I don't think he's flown into Boston and you know set up an office and is going to start. You know, uh, buying and selling players here. I don't think that that's uh, that that's the case. I never really thought that. It just sort of depends on how much he's going to get involved and how much influence he still has on John Henry. Because I feel like at this point. There's plenty of people, I'm sure, telling John Henry, hey, this isn't working. You should be spending. You're letting all these guys go, and, and we're not replacing them. You're doing a lot of unpopular things. Not as many fans are coming to the ballpark, our fans, and this is all pro- – like, I mean, I'm sure they have board meetings where they show them the pie charts, and they all see the same numbers. If that's not compelling, I just don't get what Theo Epstein's going to bring to the table. So, look, I, I am hopeful Theo will change it. I'm also hopeful these players will change it to a degree, okay? Because – Yesterday, we played you clips from the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. We're going to talk to Rob Bradford at 4.30, as we do every Tuesday here on Jones and Mega with Arcan on WEEI. Uh, but we played you clips yesterday from Kenley Jansen, who said he's frustrated multiple times. Said it was 60-40, sometimes 50-50 about whether or not he was going to be on a plane down to Fort Myers. He didn't even think he was going to be in Fort Myers. And he also, in as many words, said he was lied to when he signed here. I, I thought we were going to be competitive in year one. And then we were really going to be go all out in year two. I forget exactly how he phrased it, but something like that. And so he basically said in as many words, I was lied to when I signed here. That was Kenley Jansen yesterday. Uh, if we can, I want to play a little bit of Rafael Devers. Now you're going to hear his translator here. You're going to hear him speaking in Spanish and his translator. But this is, this is very, very direct criticism of ownership. Again, this is Devers earlier today on the picnic tables. Heading into the winter, ownership was saying you guys are going to make big additions, stars. They said they want to put stars around you. Are you disappointed that they didn't happen? That didn't happen. I know what we needed last year. I know what we needed this year. A lot of teams need a lot of players, a lot of additions. Uh, I can't control what I what they do. I just can't control what I do. Just to go out there every every each day to give my hundred percent and try to be my the best version of myself and trying to help my team win. But they need to make an adjustment to help us players to to be in a better position to win. Everybody in this organization wants to win, and we as a player want to win. And I think they need to make an uh, an adjustment to help us win. I'm not saying that the team is not is not okay right now, but they need to be conscious of what what are the weaknesses and what we need right now. No, I just, I Everybody knows what we need. You know what we need, and they know what we need. It's just some things that I can't say, like, like out loud, but everybody that knows the organization and knows the game know what we need. Did you express that to them yesterday? Tom, we entered a conversation and le 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 toqué el tema, pero no le toqué el tema, sí. Yeah, I've been ta- I talked to them. Yeah. Okay, so I find it interesting to hear Devers, and not that I can speak Spanish. But I have the translator there. It's interesting to hear Devers in his own language answering the question because what you can tell, and Ryan alerted me to this, and it's a good catch by Ryan. 
he just kept going. Like, the translator thought he was done, and he's like, wait, I got more to add. I'm not done. And he just kept going because he had a lot to say about it. And he said, everyone knows what we need. He was prompted on that. He also was prompted on uh, expressing to the front office that they need more. But you heard him going on and on in the beginning and adding more and more. I mean, that's a guy who is frustrated. (sighs) That's a guy who, like, he's like, boy, I got a lot to say on this one. That's a guy who... Either that or that's a guy who had some uh, questionable Chipotle and that's it's true. coming back. That's true. Because it looks it looks like he's uh, bulked up a little bit, to put it back. <sighs> Ooh, I don't know about that. Rafi, how was lunch? <laughs> okay, I know that feeling. So maybe he feels empowered by Kenley Jansen. Maybe he feels empowered by his contract. I mean, he got paid last year. He came out before the deadline last year and basically said something similar to this, like, we know what we need. Uh, we want to make moves. We want to make additions. Uh, maybe Theo will use this uh, to bring the ownership because High and Bloom couldn't do that, and I don't know that Craig Breslow can do that, but it's like, man, the fans are frustrated. You know, the media here is always frustrated. The players in the clubhouse are frustrated. It's two days in a row. The players are like, yeah, we, we need more. And this is what Tomasi was writing about the other day. People on and off the record, even on background, no one thinks it's going to be a good team. Everyone thinks it's going to be a last-place team. No one thinks this team is going to surprise anybody. And they are embar- they're embarrassed in Fort Myers. And you hear the embarrassment right there from Rafael Devers. You heard it yesterday from Kenley Jansen. The players are pissed. The players are embarrassed. So, look, I don't think ownership's going to care about that either, but... It looks really, really bad. Here's something for the nerds, okay? Dorks, listen up. <laughs> <laughs> what we have here is the Rebel Alliance. That's what we're counting right now, okay? Because it we have Pedroia, who we talked about yesterday. Yeah, Pedroia's Remember, another Pedroia one. is an alum now who's calling in FaceTiming when he finds out everybody's sitting down together to dinner in spring trading. And he's like, what are you doing? Go sign some players. What are you doing? Kenley Jansen, your only all-star from last year. He's like, hey, Rob Bradfoe, like, I didn't want to get on the plane. My wife's pissed off about this situation for us. This is very bad for me. This is not what I was promised. Now you have Rafi Devers, the only guy who you've actually paid from the big three that were in your World Series in 2018, the young core that you keep referring to that you're trying to rebuild now, or sorry, sorry, just build now. He's sitting there, you know, maybe his Chipotle is acting up and coming back up the esophagus, but he's also trying (laughs) to communicate that they need more. Like, these guys are speaking out, whether they're in the clubhouse or they're very high-profile alumni from Red Sox past. It's a bad look for you. Do they even care that it's a bad look? Because it's a really bad look. I mean... There's only These one. are the only faces of your franchise Dude, right Luke now. Skywalker in this. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The other, the one that you want to hold up as the face of your franchise, Tristan Cassis is like, yeah, they offered me a deal. Ta- I was like, no thanks. We talked about that yesterday too. They offered Cassis a deal, and it was a low ball that he basically laughed his agent off the phone. And so, look, I, in some in some ways, Arkin, I want to give the players credit for being outspoken and like, and it is a bad look for the organization. But I think they know, like, ownership doesn't care one way or the other. They don't care. Ownership doesn't care. It's no. like, oh, the players are calling them out. They don't care. And the players know they don't care. So there's no, there's no like pushback. There's no consequences for talking bad about ownership and saying, this is what we need. We're not, we're frustrated. They basically lied to me. 
Kenley Jansen said. And they know ownership won't hear it or won't care. Yeah, and Rafael Devers is the one guy they've really invested in. I mean, he's the only one that they've actually committed major, major, big market money to. And I know that Trevor Story made some money too, but like he's their guy. He's their icon, basically, of the one they can point to and say, hey, we're still a big market team. Look what we did here with this guy, Rafi Devers. And he's basically, and he has been, and Xander Bogarts was too, and that was probably what influenced him, uh, have been for years now saying this, this isn't enough. And when you go from one president of baseball operations to another and nothing changes, then it becomes, let you know, like we sort of thought, okay, it's from Dombrowski now to Bloom. This regime change is going to signal a different way of, of doing things. You go from Bloom now to Breslow and it's getting worse. Like, you know, like I just, I don't think that, I don't think that people who have been sort of following this and going with the ebbs and flows of, the whims of John Henry and when he decides to spend and when he doesn't are expecting there to be a change. And when there isn't one, that's going to, that's going to really ruffle a lot of feathers in the clubhouse, in the stands everywhere. And if Henry doesn't care about it now with as bad as it's getting, when is he ever going to care? Yeah, he won't. And, and meanwhile, he's avoiding the media down there. He's there. He's in Fort Myers. He won't speak. So Sam Kennedy has to say parameters 18 billion times and your players are sounding off about how frustrated they are. <sighs> when will it change? Like, Rafael Devers, what do you think of his comments? 617-779-7937. It's the Red Sox flagship station. You could sound off. Mm. What do you think of his comments? It's making me uncomfortable, that drama. And further, that was my reaction to Jonathan and Randolph bitch-slapping around Arcan earlier today. I was, I just, oh, he bitch-slapped. Oh, he put ooh. him in his place, you guys. Like, oh. Oh, so cool. I'm going my nipples. I agree with Devers on that. I would. Uh, so what do you think of those comments, and do you think it'll change anything? 617-779-7937. I think I know the answer, but I'd still like to hear from you. Uh, Dave Dombrowski has discussed Red Sox ownership as well. And Alex Cora, very outspoken. He also sounds pissed. Why is he still here? Let's get to it right after Trending with our Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, more of Jones and Mako on WEEI. It's not just one or two people. It's virtually everyone, whether it's an eye roll, whether it's I had a player say, you know, they're waiting for the kids. I hope they're good. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Like, there are just a lot of people who don't understand, I think, what John Henry is doing with this team. Do you think Alex Cora is going to stick it out for the 2024 season? Because I don't feel as though he has the appetite to manage this Wait, kind of Well, team. you don't think he's going to last the season? Do you think he will? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's no question. I mean, he wants to. He's in the last year of his contract. He wants to. What's it he going to? It doesn't seem he's as though he's, leave he's thrilled in the to middle be here. of the year. Like, no, I don't think he's going to quit. Like, he wants a job. He can't have three straight last 
place finishes going into a free agent year where the team is uninspiring. I think he needs to manage like he's a free agent. I think that's what he's going to do. John Tomasi with Phil Perry uh, last night, I believe, on NBC Sports Boston. Cora needs to manage like he's a free agent. I got to be honest, I don't, I don't get why he's here. Uh, he doesn't want to be here. I don't think ownership wants him here. So I don't get why he's here. And I say that. I mean, the real answer is they're paying him, and they probably don't want to pay two managers. And so that's probably the real answer. But from a baseball standpoint, I don't get it. He's managed the team to two last-place finishes. So he's clearly not a difference maker with the roster. Yeah, that, that's a bad one, right? I mean, he's not. He's not. He managed the highest payroll in baseball to a World Series, and he managed you know some middling payrolls to last place. So, like, it's about the talent. It's not about him. Yeah, but we haven't seen skinny Cora. No, that's, this he is true. He could be bringing a different approach now. More high energy. That's true. So while you bring him up, I tell me how you heard this clip. Uh, Ryan, can we can we play this Cora clip, and then we'll get into some of the Dombrowski comments and all your calls. There's a lot of you waiting patiently on the Red Sox, reacting to Rafael Devers saying, everybody knows what we need, you know, effectively a direct shot at ownership. Mm. I felt like it this was one. It sounds worse every time. It does somehow. Here. How does it get more sexual? I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> but I was it, like, I thought when when we first heard that noise from Rafi, I thought that it was a uh, uh, him the bubble the bubble guts vocaling some displeasure with something. Yeah. and now it sounds like quite the opposite. Yeah, very very pleasure filled. <laughs> so he takes a direct shot at ownership. And again, I don't think the players really care. I think the players feel emboldened because they know ownership doesn't give two craps. Kenley did it yesterday. We'll talk to Rob Bradford about it when he joins us a little over an hour from now at 4.30. And Bradford's the one who talked to Kenley. So I'm curious his reaction to that. I'm sure he's there listening to Devers today. And maybe he was there yesterday when Alex Cora said this. We get criticized like every other organization. Kind of like, remember who you are. If you look at the, the body of work the last 20 years been very successful. I don't care what people think. Uh, there's four rings to, to to show it. So, yeah, you're always looking for a North Star, whatever, you know, trying to be like that and like this, whatever. Sometimes doing that, you forget who you are. And, you know, obviously for the players, the new players, um, probably they don't know what I'm talking about, but for the people that work here, I've been working for a while here. Kind of like, remember who we are. Let's not forget that. I don't care what people think. Two last place finishes, all that. I mean, we, we're really good at what we do. And uh, I think we got to get back to that. Okay. I think ostensibly he's talking about the players, but that feels like a shot at ownership to me. Like, we got to get back to what we do. And what we do, for 20 years we've been really successful. We got to get back to what we do. What you did was spend. You know, what you did was spend through the nose, buy up everything under the sun, put real resources into your baseball team, whatever that means. I mean, some of that was facilities and upgrading a ballpark that needed it. Some of it was your payroll. Some of it was buying up international talent, whatever that was. Like, in theory, he's talking about the players there. But I think he's talking about a lot more than the players, Mego. I don't know if it's just about the players because he throws in there a lot of these new guys, like they probably don't totally know what I'm talking about. 
He's saying you're the freaking Red Sox. So act like it. And maybe it's a shot to ownership or it's just him desperately telling everyone, I expect something different too. I expect not parameters, but like (laughs) some money to actually play with. Like I expect something here. Like I expect a, a real roster I expect guys not to have to be shoved over and, you know, oh, we hit June now. This is the point where somebody has to play shortstop and Bobby Dahlbeck is the tallest shortstop in the world and somebody else is at second base. And, like, I'm mixing and matching in June and July because one guy's injured. We had to shuffle the whole everything up. Like, I I hear that more so the way that you do, Jones, of we're the Red Sox. Why do we have to live this way? So it's like, I wonder if we really appreciate how ugly it can get this year. Because the players are talking like Kenley Jansen and Raphael Devers are talking. The manager's talking like that. And it's like, I don't think any of them are afraid of the repercussions. Cora's like, fine, go ahead and fire me. It's what I want anyway. I'll get my contract. I'll get my money. What do I care? So I'll speak my mind. You know, same thing. Kenley Jansen's in the last year of his deal. Devers is the opposite. Devers has all the security in the world. What are they going to do to him? Right. They just gave him $300 million. So oh, like, no, you're going to trade me? Right, seriously. <laughs> so, like, Devers is the He has so much security. He can say whatever the hell he wants. What are they going to do to him? Kenley Jansen and Cora aren't attached to this contract, uh, this team, rather, beyond their contracts this year. I wonder if we fully appreciate how ugly it can get from the team. It's ugly with the fans. And, like, fans are somewhat vocal about it now, but by the time the season rolls around, I wonder how much people are going to care and pay attention and how indifferent they'll be. But how ugly it can get with the players and the manager, I wonder if we fully appreciate that. Yeah, really. And, I mean, Core is someone who was playing when they were spending. So, like, you know, he's he's seen all all aspects of it. He's seen it as the manager and as the player. And, you know, he wasn't here for all the time, and he, he's only made a couple of stops. But it was more like, <clears throat> you call it a shot, Jones. I thought it was more like a plea like a desperate plea, you know, can you, can we please go back to what we used to do? I was here. I was part of the success of it. I saw it up close. We were all, you know, a part of this. It was great. Boston was a, was a destination for, for free agents. And this is what, you know, I sort of remember. This is how we all remember it. And you're going so far away from that now that it's just, you know, it's like he's begging them. Yeah. I felt like it was more of a direction than a beg, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, he's like, this is how we won. So let's get back to how we won. 617-779-7937. 617-779-7937. Why is Cora here? Uh, on top of it, your thoughts on his comments, Devers' comments. Uh, we played Sam Kennedy and Kenley Jansen yesterday. Maybe we can play some more of that coming up as well here on Jones and Mego with Arcan. Jim is in the great state of Vermont. Go ahead, Jim. Parameters. Oh, hi. Thanks. Great, great conversation. You it know, uh, even with uh, spending uh, with average intelligence would give Cora a team that would make the Sox a lot more competitive, I think. And, you know, it's, it's really deflating. And unless Theo has learned some Jedi mind tricks, you know, I'm, I'm, I am I'm don't see anything changing, just as you're saying. Uh, it's Henry. And if he wakes up and says, oh, there's there's a team here, there's energy, there's fans, uh, you know, let's, let's put something together. It's not going to change. So, right. I agree with that. But how do you get, how do you shake him awake? And the only thing I'll say about Theo is maybe he's the person to shake him awake. That's all. He's gotten John Henry out of his comfort zone before. And not that they've all worked out, but Henry didn't want to sign Carl Crawford and Henry didn't want to sign Daisuke Matsuzaka at the the rates that they wound up signing them for. And so we can break down how much those worked. He didn't want to go all in on Kurt Schilling and pay Kurt Schilling. And that one clearly worked. And so those are some of the examples that some of the beat writers have cited where Theo really leaned on Henry. He has a history of doing it. Can he still do it? 
And will Henry change his mind? I have no idea. But I don't think Henry's going to do it on his own. So someone needs to do that for him. That's clearly not Werner. It's clearly not Kennedy. It's why my hope is that it will eventually be Theo. But that might be pie in the sky, wishful thinking nonsense. It might be. I acknowledge that. Speaking of, what does the North Star thing mean that Alex Cora was repeating? I... Like I so what I star? thought he so you meant. Can find your way. What I thought he meant was he was referring to other teams and how that Houston and um, who else? Did, the Cubs, like how those teams rebuilt and won championships. I think he's saying, look, I mean that worked for those franchises, but what works for us is spending. I mean, I I think that's what he was saying. We can look to these other organizations; they can be our north star. They're great examples, and ownership has clearly fallen in love with the Houston model. Tear it down, build through the farm system, cheap payrolls. Maybe we'll pay those guys sometime down the line. Same thing with the Cubs, although the Cubs were more hybrid and Theo was there and they plugged in big free agents along with it. So maybe they're not the perfect example. Maybe the Tampa model or whatever. But I think that's what he's saying. Those are our North Star. Those are guiding ownership. And ownership just needs to get back to what works. We know what works. It's Boston. Spend some money. I think that's what he's saying. I think this also carries extra weight because uh, Henry's there right now. So, he, you know, I, I'm sure that he's aware of the press availabilities that Alex Cora gives, but I think that's a different message when you talk about is this a direct shot at ownership or is this, as Arkan said, just ownership <laughs> making a plea? Maybe it's both because Henry is there in person right, right now. It's different when you think he's watching a Liverpool match or something and you're like, he may see it, he may not. I mean, he's there. Yeah, and, you know, he hasn't, For once, been, he's there. he hasn't been around much. You right. know, you haven't seen much of him. He hasn't said much. It's been it, – wasn't he, like, 20 minutes late to the Breslow press conference? Wasn't that – Yeah, he walked, yeah that I remembering really that weird. right? I don't know how yes. late, but he walked what in. What did you do to my house? <laughs> he walked in after questions had started. Yeah, right. Mr. Magoo over here. Like, you know, I mean, it's just sort of – to me, it just sort of seems like if he's going to be there – and he's going to – it doesn't seem like he wants to talk about this to anybody, and he's throwing his meat shields out there, and that's what Kennedy yeah. and, to a lesser extent, Alex Cora. <laughs> I mean, I think – listen, you asked why is Alex Cora here? He's one of the few popular figures on this team and then the whole organization. He's someone they can throw out there, and they won't throw tomatoes at him. So, so he's another meat shield? He's another meat shield, yeah, at this point. What what <laughs> other so function does he serve So you think here? that's why he's here? You don't think it's just purely financial that they I mean, don't want to pay him and another probably manager? probably helps, too. I don't think they want to they uh, move on and have to pay him without him actually working here, but they also but look at like, it and he's say— He's the one popular person. There's a little bit of PR here, too, yeah. And Cora's stuck, and maybe that's why he's not afraid to lash out. It's like he's, like, begging to get fired. Yeah, it's Costanza. 617 <laughs> 7937. Continue to weigh in on the Red Sox ownership. Uh, your thoughts on the Sox at spring training. Uh, you can also weigh in on our big question of the day. Our buddy Josh in Nashua. What matters more, the draft or free agency, Josh? Hey, Jonesy, Autolini, Arcan. What's hey. happening? Um, hey. Um, yeah, I mean, let's get to the Red Sox before I get to the Patriots. I mean, they're a friggin' joke. Like, I don't even want to enter the ballpark this year. I don't, I'm not spending any money on them. You know, wouldn't want to. And you know, they, they're treating the Red Sox like more a part of their portfolio than, than, than anything. And, you know, obviously the friggin' draft is going to matter more for the Patriots. They need good young talent. And we, we've just whiffed for so many years on the draft. Yeah, so Josh, the, the first thing you said about the Red Sox, I think more and more fans are saying it. We'll see if they, they follow through and do it. On the second thing, he says, obviously, it's the draft. Mego, you agree with me that it's the draft, but I'll tell you right now, our big question of the day, and you can vote at Jones and Mego, 55% say free agency. 55% agree with Arcand, which I, I can't believe they're still agreeing with Arcand after his Goskowski take from earlier today. But I... Changing minds. I, look, I do think this one's close. Like, half the time I'm like, it's this one, it's a no-brainer. I feel very strongly about it. 
I just I'm always going to side with the quarterback in debates like this, but Kraft getting back to spending, if they're really going to do it, that is a significant change that could tell you a lot. It might just be for one year, and I get what you're saying, Mego. It might be still incentivized deals or whatever, but I think free agency could tell you a lot, and it's it's almost here. The window to tag players opens up in a half an hour, and so some of these offseason decisions are upon us. Yeah, I guess I can't help but just because of where they are trying to kick off this rebuild with a new coach and they're going to have a new quarterback most likely. I just can't help but look at it big picture. When you're looking big picture, yeah, you can make a statement with your spending or at least appear to because you have so much cap space if you're the crafts. But I can't. I can't like read too much about what that's going to mean for three years from now, whereas the decisions you make in this draft I think are going to be heavily indicative of how you're going to rebuild this team and how long it's going to take and what kind of team it's going to be and how, you, how you're how you functioning that way. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you. I would lean draft, but I do think it's close. Uh, you can jump in, 617-779-7937. David is in North Providence. David, hello. Nice. Uh, he wants to weigh in on the lack of, in North lack of lefties and power in the Red Sox lineup. Okay. I, I mean, uh, th- this team lacks a lot of things. Not not just lefties and power. It lacks a lot of things. They got two pretty decent lefty power bats. Star power. Yeah, well, that's a fair point. Honestly, uh, <laughs> honestly, that might be that might be something they actually do yeah. have. Good point. But like this team lacks so much. It was what Tomasi wrote yesterday. That's just fascinating to me. He's like, it's a bad roster, but it's also a set roster. There's no internal competition. Like, outside of maybe Sedan Rafaela getting an outfield spot. And maybe some of your fringy reliever starter types, Hauk, Whitlock, are they starters? Are they relievers? Who knows? Um, outside of that, it's the roster's pretty much set and it's bad. And that's a lethal combination. So no, I, I wouldn't just limit it to lack of lefties and power. I would uh I would look at uh, a lot of things on this roster. And it all traces back to John Henry, who by the way, Dave Dombrowski uh was interviewed today. And I don't think this was just with uh, Chris Cotillo, but he wrote about it at Mass Live. And he was asked about budgets and how they're set. And he said uh, to Cotillo, among others, I have never, ever in my career set a player budget. Uh, He said, this is actually from last week, uh, never have I given recommendations. And when somebody says, quote, I don't want to spend that, well, then fine. Okay. I just say, you know, this is what we have to do to get to one of these points, i.e. contending. And that's why we project three, four years down the line with our budgets. If you tell me you don't want those kind of dollars, okay. I've never said no. That's why it's a combination of two people or a group of people working together. It's not like I negotiated a deal with Trey Turner in Philadelphia and showed up to John Middleton, the owner, and said, you know, we just signed Trey Turner to $300 million contract. That's part of the process. Ownership has to be part of the process. That's the way it is. That's the way the game works because it's not my money. It's their money. You're always working with the owners. And so, like, I know how that is, but I still think it's refreshing to hear Dombrowski say that, where it's like, look, in the past, clearly. And he made efforts to say, I'm not talking about my time in Boston. Why is that? Well, I'll give you the exact quotes in a moment. We we can parse it out if you want. But clearly, at various points, he's wanted to sign guys. He's Dave Dombrowski. He wants to sign every big-ticket free agent, which is an approach I like, by the way. And he's been told no. And that's how it works. The owner says, I'm not trying to spend that kind of money. What are you, nuts? And he goes, okay, well, then I guess we're not spending that kind of money, and I guess we don't want to contend. That's what he's had to say to owners at various points. I want to get to the Red Sox 
piece. Okay. Because unless Arkan, there's something that you want to add there because this well, was my biggest takeaway. From with it. Dombrowski, I think the reason he didn't talk about it is because there's still hard feelings there. You know, there was the report that the John Henry felt betrayed by all his spending, and if I'm Dombrowski, I'm saying, well, yeah, I spent a lot, and look what happened. I brought you the best uh, roster, best team you've ever had in the history of the franchise, and uh, then you decided to break it all down. Like so, that's, I can see why that would be uh, something that he doesn't want to get into without. Well, he wants to take the high road. He's like a high road kind of guy. So, well, I'm not sure he is, but that, in this you, case, yes, he could have said much worse. You might be onto something. He could no, have buried the, he could the Red have, Sox there. He didn't totally take the high road. Uh, notably, in a 10-minute discussion with reporters, writes Cotillo for Mass Live, Dombrowski told specific stories of working with owners to land big stars in Florida, Detroit, and Philadelphia, but steadfastly declined to discuss anything Red Sox-related. Quote, I won't go into my Boston years. It's not something I want to get into. I'm gone from Boston, and it's too close to recent times for me. Yeah, still, still a raw wound there. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not saying negative or positive. It's just not my role to talk about it. Now, he is talking about his current team, Philadelphia, but he won't talk about his last team, the Red Sox. If it's fresh, how are you going to get into it? I mean, it's been like five years. Because he's happy about what's happening in Philly. I don't really have anything to say on that. That's theirs, he added. Owners can do whatever they want, even when I think they haven't treated me fairly. So this is where he dabbles a little bit away from the high road. If you own the team, you own the team. He also declined to comment on how he felt about the Red Sox seemingly changing their commitment to spending since his departure. I'm not talking about Boston, he said. That's over and done with. It's a long time ago. I'm thrilled I'm in Philadelphia and in a good situation. It's, it's a, good a long point, time Mago. ago or it's too soon? Right, it's a good point. It's like, hey, it's still too fresh. Oh, that was a long time ago. Like, pick one. I don't get it. It's like, a, I, I can't understand why he wouldn't want to wade into those waters. I, I, taking the high road, but you're talking about all these other teams that you've worked with. And you're <laughs> talking about longer. exactly what you're doing with Philly. So it's just very weird. Like, I guess he just doesn't want the smoke with John Henry or... Kennedy or anybody, because it's not like Henry's going to punch back publicly at yeah. all. Or maybe he just, uh, to Arkan's point, I don't know if it's taking Maybe it was high- an uglier exit than we know. No, well, I think it was ugly. Yeah. I mean, he, he they fired him in the middle of the year, yeah. and I don't think he wanted to get fired in the middle of the year. I think they, they wanted him to trade bets, and he was like, F you. And he was right. And it's when I jumped off board with this ownership group, when they moved on from Dombrowski, like a year after he won a World Series. Like, what is your problem? Well, you don't want to win? Why are you getting rid of this guy? Because your farm system stinks? Who cares? I don't care about that. You fired him four or way, five years ago. It still stinks. Yeah, now your farm system's okay. Right. It's still <laughs> that's, not, just, that's all you've done. It, you you improved your farm system from the bottom of the league to the middle of the pack, and your team on the big league field got worse. I would way rather the Dombrowski model than what you've done since you moved on from him. So, look, I wonder if he just feels like Henry is already getting enough of it. Like, he, he's just he's already getting raked over the coals enough where he's like, I don't need to pile on. I mean, I think they treated me unfairly, but you guys pretty much have it. I'm not going to pile on anymore. Yeah, it could be something like that. And it also really goes to show that since Dombrowski's left, he took risks. You know, like the the Chris Sale trade was a risk. Giving all that money to David Price, like it, those were good players, obviously, but those were big moves. And they don't, they're just so risk averse now. They're you know, they're not, petrified. they're not even, there's no, yeah, exactly. They're, they're frozen almost. Like they're so scared to make a mistake or so scared to give a, a bad contract out that they won't do anything. That's what it seems like. No, just injured players who are out for the year and yeah. won't pitch until next year. Michael Fulmer and uh, Liam Hendricks. 617-779-7937. More of your Red Sox thoughts here. We'll talk to Rob Bradford at 4.30 like we do each and every Tuesday here on Jones and Mego with Arcan. Let's also get into Jason Tatum. Uh, the MVP discussion doesn't matter for the Celtics this year. That's next. 
can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash BostonWEEI and check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of Jones and Mego on WEEI. Denver has been up and down. They've been sliding as of late and what have you. We're looking at Boston consistently be the best team with the best record in the NBA, and they are clearly, even with a $300 million player on their roster, even with a seven-foot-three dude who can shoot and block shots, even with a defensive backcourt that's renowned in Drew Holiday and Derek White, everybody understands this is Jason Tatum's team. He's that dude. And if you understand that, and they have the bracket to back it up, and defensive and offensive efficiency stacks to back it up consistently on both ends of the floor, this is what he's bringing. Plus, he's winning. Plus, he's putting up numbers. Statistically, I don't know what else he has to do. One, two, get down. I mean, look, Stephen A's been beating this drum for maybe like a week plus, I'm with him. I I know our buddy John in the car is going to call me a green teamer. That's fine. I'm with him. I think Tatum, if things hold at the end of the year and the Celtics are running away from the rest of the league, I think teams should look at it and go, or voters should look at it rather, and go, he's the best player on the best team. He should be the MVP. What do we value in the MVP vote? And so... I know there's been a discussion since Tatum talked about it at the All-Star game about if he's going to take the passing of the torch from LeBron James and be the face of the NBA. I do think you need to win, and he can't do that until the end of the year. But all of this is, you know, checking boxes and getting closer and closer to the end of the season. Do you think it? Do you think it's important for Tatum to win the MVP? Do you think it should be important for Tatum to win the MVP, Mego? At some point in his career, yes, I do think so. This year, no, because he hasn't won a championship yet. And I know it's not always in that order. A lot of times it's not in the order of championship to MVP, but rather MVP to championship. But I want to backtrack on something that you said there, Mm because you've been on this for a little bit, about how as we get closer to the end of the regular season, that Tatum should have this surge in MVP votes, or just at least where he seems to be ranking against other guys in the league because of how good the Celtics will look. And I largely agree with that in the East. Like, I think we've very much been on the same page with that in the East, that Celtics are far and away the best team, and it's really hard to look at who's going to be second and third in any real way threatening the Celtics to get back to the finals. We both feel that way. Yep. I think when you talk to voters or you listen to voters who take the MVP vote very seriously, they'll tell you they want to think about the larger historical context of who they're putting in as MVP. And if it looks like the Celtics are far and away the favorites to win the finals. Like, they look like they're slated to be the champs, and, you you know, anything can happen with this group. But if it looks that way, then I think that will work in Tatum's favor. But I'm not ready to say that yet because they haven't been great against a lot of the top teams in the West. And we both agree that a lot of what they struggle with, their actual challenge is going to come from whatever whatever team from the West is in the finals. There's a lot of teams there that scare me, whether it's the Clippers, whether it's Minnesota. Good job by me not saying what their animal is. <laughs> um, you know, even the Suns it, it, with Kevin Durant there. Uh, it's throwing a team like I will be 
really pissed off if OKC is there and OKC beats you. Like, that is totally unacceptable. The Nuggets as well falling off a little bit. But you get what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I think it's hard to crown Tatum as the absolute favorite for MVP or even up there when so far the Celtics have not totally proven themselves against these top teams in the so West. So he needs some signature games is what you're saying. Do you agree with that, Arkan? The team does too, though. Do you agree with that? Um, yes, and I agree that the team does too. I think that that's that's part of it. And Tatum as the leader has to establish himself as so valuable that you know he's the one doing it. I also think that there's politics involved. You know, I mean, Joel Embiid wasn't the best player on the best team last year, and he was the MVP. And like you know, if you look down the list, like no, Jokic has already won a few. Gilgis Alexander, I'd say, is probably not is not ready. He hasn't earned it yet. You know, we're talking about whose turn it is. Last year it was Embiid's turn. It's not Gilgis Alexander's. No, turn. No, I agree with that. Giannis has won our. Already, Doncic's team isn't good enough. It might be Tatum's turn, you know, like in terms of that. And I don't love that either, by the way. I don't like that they do no, no, it no, that no. way. No, what, but like, I think that that may be what what does it for me. When them. I say I agree with you on it, I think that's how they vote. I, yeah. that, I think that's stupid, and that's not how you should vote. I, I, but I do think that factors in for the voters. And the Celtics are four games clear of Minnesota, who has the second best record in the NBA. They're six games clear of the next. Cl- they're running away from the league. So if they fall back to the pack in March, like they did last year, well then I'll back off. But in the meantime, I agree with Stephen A. And I'm with you, Mego. He needs signature games. You know, he's got a game at MSG coming up uh, on Saturday. He gets Philly. He gets Luka. He gets Golden State, who they've struggled with. Cleveland right now is the number two team in the East. Denver, Phoenix, Phoenix again. Uh, They saw the game against OKC. So there's a lot of games left to check those boxes, but he's going to have to do some of that. Here's the other thing, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but I think it's worth revisiting. Like, you think he's going to have a game in the 60s? Yes. I don't. I know not you think he season. won't, but I think if he... That, that's not like that's not the role that he's playing this season. If he smells the MVP, like that's one of the things voters are looking they'll, for. They'll feed him. Yeah, yeah. especially once the Celtics start yeah. getting way clear of some of these teams. They're I, already I, way clear of no, these but teams. I, mean, I know, but there's still a long enough way to go. I'm talking like it's the end of March and there's like six games left. And he and needs, like a, nine games he up, needs yeah. a 70-point game. I, and maybe that's high, but like a 60-point game, can he go get it? Yeah, he can. I just think when you look at the rankings, you say they're four clear of Minnesota. Yeah, and they their statement win of the season so far, I think, is the Minnesota game that they had. That's the best win that they had. And now the next night, then they had to go to Milwaukee on an overnight flight and just, like, didn't even play three quarters of the game. Whatever. Let's focus on the Minnesota game. I I still think that they've had uh, some games that you have to give a little side eye to when it's against the bona fide competition. Fair. So they gotta they gotta finish this off down the stretch. But if they do, I think Tatum should be the MVP. I'm with Stephen A. Uh, can I hear Tatum from All Star Weekend? Uh, I always enjoy uh, listening to him and talking about individual awards and and whether or not they matter. Individual awards are important. I'm not gonna say that they're not, right? Everybody wants to win a championship, but you want to be rewarded for the work that you put in for the things that you go out there and and do on the court they have individual awards for a reason and you know as a competitor as a player you grew up watching your favorite players win uh, mvps and first team all nba and things like that so of course you want to win those things but it can't you know it can't take precedent over playing the right way uh, and doing the things that you have to do in order for your team to you know essentially be the best team in the league and have a, a chance to win a championship would i love to win yes but you know, apparently us losing the finals two years ago affects, you know, what people think of me now. So uh, I guess I got some ground to make up. But, you know, everybody who has a vote, you know, they vote. The criteria is different. You know, everybody thinks differently. Right, wrong, or indifferent, 
it is what it is. So you can't tell people what, they're, what they should look for when they vote. But, uh, you know, it's the beauty of it. I like how he sounds a little pissed about how people are holding the finals against him. And proof will be in the pudding. Do you dump your pants again in the final three minutes of, like, key playoff games? He might. But I like that he sounds upset about that. Like, that, like he offered that up. No one asked him about the finals and if that's held against him. in the Like, he offered that. And I like that that seems to bother him. Yeah, I mean, it should, you know. It's not necessarily wrong, but it should bother no, him, and no, it should no, motivate no. him, and it should get him, you know, no, I agree with take it. his game to the next level. It's not wrong to blame him for that. You you're the how... best player, you're the MVP candidate, you should get blamed for it. Sorry, Arkane, I thought you are finished. I'm done. How I hear that is he goes, I was in the finals, and that's hurting me, and some of these other guys, like, Embiid. your number two guy. No, your number two guy, SGA. SGA. Has he been to the playoffs? He hasn't been there. Has he no. been to the playoffs? Right. Uh. Luca clearly hasn't like been to the finals. No, he's been and to a so Western I'm getting, Conference final. I'm, but yeah. I'm getting punished for a performance from two years ago. And meanwhile, you're crowning somebody like SGA number two. You're already giving him silver. I can barely sneak into the top five. Like this is bullcrap. So maybe it's a shot at the voters. I, I like that he seems bothered by it, regardless. Uh, and hopefully he uses that. And so you can jump in on the Tatum MVP discussion, taking the torch from LeBron, 617-779-7937. That's how you weigh in on Jones and Mego with Arkan here on WEEI. A lot of you waiting patiently on the Red Sox. We'll talk to Rob Bradford at 430 as we do each and every Tuesday. Let's go back to our big question of the day, the Patriots. What's going to tell us more, free agency or the draft? That's next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.